0: This episode of The Little Pod That Could is brought to you by Clarity Media. Clarity Media is a digital photography company that is doing amazing work. You can see what he's doing on Instagram at Clarity underscore Media, and that's Clarity with a K on Instagram. Also, we're brought to you today by Rescued Heroes. Rescued Heroes is a company I'm involved in. Uh, We're basically just raising money to help shelters and rescues um, provide for the dogs. Um, If they need food, we bring food. If they need treats, we bring treats. Uh, If they need bedding, whatever they need, we try to hook them up. Uh, Right now, basically, you just go on our website, iloverescuedheroes.com, buy some stickers, all of the profits, all the profits, excuse me, Go to the dogs. So we're not keeping anything. We're taking 100% of the money, putting it back into helping the dogs. So if you go to iloverescuedheroes.com, buy a sticker or two, um, it'll go to help rescue and shelter dogs. Today's episode is very near and dear to my heart. We have Finn Dowling on the program. She is in charge of the social media, the Doggy Day Out program for Mutual Rescue, which is a company I stumble on and kind of tell the story in the pod about a um, friend of mine sending a picture of the book cover, and then me buying the book at Costco and just starting to read how incredible uh, the story was. The stories in there were about um, how animals can impact the lives of humans in a positive way and just how awesome it is to rescue animals and give more animals forever homes. So we discuss all of that. We discuss how you could be involved in that. You know, if maybe you can't take on a dog full time. You're not in a spot in your life where you can do that. There's still lots of ways you can help. We go over that. We also go over their, uh, the impact they've had through uh, their media, not just the book, but they also have a number of short films that are on YouTube and on their webpage. Um, one Eric and Petey which I had seen before I even knew what mutual rescue was um, has been viewed over a hundred million times so um, it's an awesome awesome organization doing incredible work and I was really honored to be able to have time to sit down and talk with Finn and without further ado I hope you enjoy the episode Welcome to Little Pod That Could. We have a really awesome episode today. Finn Dowling from the Mutual Rescue Organization joins us today. Finn, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, and I kind of wanted to give you some context on how I even ran into your organization, how I even found out about you guys. Um, A friend of mine a couple, maybe a month ago, had sent me a picture when he was at Costco of this book, and it was the cover for the Mutual Rescue book. And he said, hey, this looks like it's right up your alley. And I thought, well, yeah, of course. So the next time I was at Costco, of course, I'm looking through the books. And I find this book, swoop it up, start reading it. And it's just this incredible, I'm like, wow, these guys are doing exactly what I was trying to do. But they're actually probably doing it smarter than I am. They're actually pointing out the scientific benefits of rescue animals on humans. And I thought, wow, what an incredible thing. So that's why I initially started searching you guys out on Instagram. And then I find out that you guys were the organization behind Eric and Petey. I'm like, that's that video I've cried to like three times already. So I was like, this is incredible. So I reached out and we started talking and now here we are. It's thankful that you're here. Um, So anyway, that's kind of how I uh, came upon your organization. Is that sort of what normally is happening as more and more people find out about you guys?
1: Yes, Eric and Petey was the gateway drug for a lot of people. It's been viewed over 100 million times and translated into pretty much every language you can imagine. Wow. And it was released almost three years ago. Um, two or three years. It might actually be three years ago. Um, now it was released on Valentine's Day 2016, I believe. And uh, it's... It, it. I still people who don't know that I, that I don't make the connection between Eric and Petey and Mutual Rescue mm-hmm. will still send it to me and be like, I just found this great video that you would <laughs> love.
0: And I'm
1: like, yeah, I kind of worked on that. Yeah, you're like,
0: oh, yeah, that, that's, that looks familiar. Yeah, yeah wow. And it's funny, so, too, because I was talking to some of my friends at work, like, hey, I've got this, these people coming on. They run this awesome organization, Mutual Rescue, and they're like, oh, they made this great video called the Eric and Petey, and they're like, oh, I haven't seen it. I started describing it, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. like to T, the there's like five people that did that, so I was like, it, it definitely hasn't been viewed a hundred million times.' It's, it's an incredible yeah. video.:
1: Yes, and I hear about that one, and I've had Josh and Scout, which was one of our later ones sent to me a bunch of times as well. Uh, is that um,
0: the one on the beach?
1: That is the gentleman um, who came back from uh, I think Iraq. It's Josh. He's an angel, okay, um, and with severe PTSD and a traumatic brain injury, and was in his barracks and literally about to kill himself. And he went out to have a cigarette, and there was a kitten in the bushes.
0: That's right. That's right. And then he comes back, and then ends up adopting the kitten. Correct. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was an incredible one. I was saying my I think my second favorite one. Is the I can't remember his name, but he adopted a dog, and now he like has, he runs this initiative trying to save the beaches and uh, the ocean.
1: Oh, that's Mike and Abby. Yes, yes, and yes. You can, yes. And um, Abby is actually like she's in the world's Guinness Book of World's Records. She's she's a pretty famous dog, um, and she actually was adopted from Humane Society Silicon Valley, which is the organization mute that mutual rescue is a national I- initiative okay. of a local humane society. Okay. So um, she actually was adopted from the shelter that started mutual rescue. So
0: nice. Nice. Yes. Okay. So we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. So I wanna kinda of talk about you first before we get into mutual rescue. Uh, can you kinda of go over a little bit about what's your history with rescue animals? How did you get involved with rescue animals and and kind of how does that how did that whole thing start?
1: Um, I was incredibly irresponsible. And okay. I um where I went to college there was your first year you had a community service requirement mm-hmm. and you were supposed to like volunteer so many hours um before the end of the semester in order to get credit for it. Cause I went to evergreen and, you know, sister college to read college, which you guys all know, Uh um, in, in Oregon. And so they do things their own way and I totally put it off till the absolute last minute. And then the only place that would take me that and let me do something crazy like 80 hours in two weeks, (laughs) um, was the animal shelter, and I was a little, like, I, I had really had some great relationships with animals as a kid, but I was also really scared of big dogs, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go, yeah. um, and it was absolutely life-changing for me, and I wound up working there and volunteering there on and off, um, all through college, um, I worked there for a while after I left, shout out to Thurston County Animal Services, um,
0: mm.
1: no. and... Uh,
0: yeah, sorry. Go ahead and continue.
1: And it was, it was. You know, I went to school to be a journalist. Um, I'm, you know, it was my idea. But I've now been in sheltering for over twenty-five years, and it was all because I was horribly irresponsible. I mean, I've taken breaks from it every now and again, but I've I've worked in shelters in pretty much almost every position in a shelter and in an animal welfare organization pretty much nonstop since 1998.
0: Hmm. And was there one, you said that that project was life changing for you. Was there one moment you can remember in there that was life changing or what was it about that experience that uh, was so meaningful for you?
1: Um, You know, in my heart of hearts, I am, I am an introvert mm-hmm. and you go to college and you live in a dorm and there's people everywhere. And, everything and you know you like it it's very hard to get your own space um and not only that but it's very hard to get your own space and feel understood I mean like we always talk about how wonderful college years are but they're also like the first year of college is also like you know overwhelming in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways and the animals particularly the big dogs were like I could go talk to them they were always happy to see me. I felt mm-hmm. like an immediate connection with them. Um, I wound up adopting my own dog from there, like my second year in college. Um, mm-hmm. And he, I, he just passed, I think, five or six years ago. He lived to be 18. Wow. So maybe. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, but I just, there was just something about the animals and about the difference that the animals not only made... Not only the difference you made in the animals' lives, but the difference that it made in the, in, in the people's lives, too. Like, I remember at the time, I don't know if they still did this, but there was um, a program at that shelter where we would take animals to go visit the nursing homes. Mm-hmm. And I went and did that a couple of times, and the joy that these animals could bring, you know, like, and they loved it cause it was a break from the shelter from them. Sure. Um, but you know, just the joy and the happiness and, you know, like they had so much to give, hmm. you know, they just had so much to give and so much to offer. And it, I don't know, it just was what it was. So.
0: Hmm. And so then, you know, as this start to starts to become sort of you're like, okay, I think this is what I want to do. It's what I want to pursue. Um, what's the real, like for you, why is this cause so important?
1: Um, I have my own mutual rescue story. Um, okay. it is, in, it is in the book. Um, and because it's so doable, um, animals build communities all right, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, because animals are, they build communities, they bring people together, they bridge differences, they mm-hmm. comfort us, they love us. Um, and and the act of saving all the unwanted pets or the act of um, increasing adoptions and everything we can do, it's all so doable. Mm-hmm. It's all so doable. Like, as someone who started in sheltering way back when and has seen how things have changed, like, we've undergone a huge societal shift around companion animals for the better.
0: Hmm.
1: And, like, we're all, you know, I remember intake. And, you know, in shelters in the 90s, like, it was just crazy. It was people surrendering all day long. It was nobody fixed their pets. It was, you know, like, it, you're, it was almost radical. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, if you are walking down the street and you see somebody with, like, an unfixed pet, it's, you know, or you, like, or one of your friends mentions that they don't vaccinate their pet or whatever you're like wait what why you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. it, it's the everything has changed and we are saving so many more now and the ones that are being saved are going on to make these huge differences in people's lives and that's finally starting to be acknowledged too you know what was one of the first things that happened after parkland when they opened the school back up is they brought dogs in mm-hmm for the kids. yeah, That Um,
0: that was that first two stories kind of in the, and it was incredible to kind of see how the animals were helping to repair the lives in that place was, was really an awesome story.
1: Yeah. And, and to look at that and look at how far we've come Mm -hmm. and, um, and to live with my own animals, and I've—I only have two now, but I've had as many as five and a couple of fosters um, mm-hmm. in the past. Um, you know, like emotionally, we—what's what, the joke? Like all dogs are therapy dogs, some of them are just freelancing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And, and I think that's really true, you know, okay. that I, you know, my dogs are my family, they're my life, they're my, you know, what grounds me, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and what, you know, everybody, you will never have a more intimate relationship than you will have with your dog.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: I mean, I don't let my husband follow me into the restroom. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um no <laughs>
0: like one thing that's interesting since you've been in the field for so long is what do you think has been the major catalyst for this shift that you're seeing
1: um i think a lot of it is well there's a couple of things um number one you know societal generational Great jobs by people working in animal shelters. Nobody gets in animal sheltering um, to be a millionaire. Nobody Mm -hmm. gets into animal welfare to be a millionaire. And just an undeniably, undeniable amount of great work. Mm-hmm. on the parts of people um as a society I think we become more and more isolated and the more isolated that we have become the more we re- like the more it stands out in relief hmm. how much our animals give us hmm. um you know just when you spend all day in front of a computer and you go home and you play on your phone and it's just like you you our support systems have really changed and it's really brought out how much we rely on animals emotionally and how much they give us. So I think that's been a huge shift. Hmm. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention some like large organizations that have made huge commitments to getting things, um, you know, to to helping sort of move the needle on that societal change. I'm thinking, of course, of Maddie's Fund, who has been funding um, in memory of their dog. It's the gentleman who started PeopleSoft, which is a big software company. And when he retired in memory of their dog, Maddie, they just started a huge organization that does everything from like offer apprenticeships for people from smaller shelters to go to bigger shelters and learn how to do things in a different way they fund scholarships they fund adoption events they have a million training resources online but just to have great people like that saying this is important it's important to society and we are you know we're going to put our resources and our tech knowledge and our dollars and our hearts behind it and seeing what happens.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're hopeful for the direction we're moving.
1: Yes. I'm very hopeful.
0: Okay. All right. I
1: am incredibly hopeful. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, again, like I can look back and be like, you know, (laughs) Like, I walk into shelters sometimes and, and, you know, and, and like, the staff is, like, not a lot of shelters, but, like, I'll hear some of my shelter friends complaining about, uh, you know, something, and I'll be like, kids, you should have been here 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Huh.
0: Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Now, moving more towards the mutual rescue side of things, and I want to specifically focus on the videos for a second with YouTube where did the idea for the videos come from? Cause even, you know, like there's like the cartoon animation stuff that's in there, you know, and then there's, uh, then there's, you know, the interview stuff and the story like where did this idea come from and what was the kind of the origin story of what happened there?
1: So, um, Carol Novello, who's the president of mutual rescue and of humane society, Silicon Valley, Um, and she's also the author of the book and Mm -hmm. my boss, um, and just an all around awesome person. Mm -hmm. She, um, had a mutual friend introduce her to a gentleman named David Whitman, who is another big dog lover. And he, um, he, he does a lot of things. One of the big things he does is he did like, um, he does like the tech awards events and stuff like that. And he is just this amazing creative mind. Hey. And, um, and, the, and, and the mutual friend was like, well, you guys should meet. Um, and so they did, um, you know, cause the, the thought was that he could do something specifically for the shelter. And this conversation started about how, um, people seem to think that, you you either donate to animals or you donate to people you either volunteer with animals or you volunteer with people meaning that you know if you are if if you have 10 hours a week to volunteer and you you go to an animal shelter That's not helping people, and so and and it boils over into philanthropy, into volunteerism, all of that. Where I think less than two percent of the annual giving goes to animal shelters. Mm. Um, And how do you show that? Like, how do you show the fact that um, when you help animals, you help people? Every animal goes on to enrich or change somebody's life in some way and uh so they came up i think they came up with the idea of of doing a film of of because we've heard so many amazing stories when you work in shelters you hear so many amazing stories all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. um and they're like let's do a film and david who is like i said a creative genius he had worked with um tectonic who is the company that does our films that produces them Mm -hmm. um and so they came in and we were looking through stories and Eric O'Gray had written us a while ago. And at the time I was doing marketing and social media just for the shelter and with his absolutely amazing story and his pictures, he had written us a letter saying, thank you so much for adopting PD out to me. PD changed my life. This was me then this is me now. Yeah. And so, um, and he, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> We had had used the story for HSSV in the past, like shared that story for Humane Society Silicon Valley
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the past, but um, it it you know we're like, well, what about Eric and Petey? And um, and so we called him up, and he was just completely game. So here comes the mailman. Sorry for what's about to happen. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> um, Waylon, way, go lie down. So, um, anyway, they, uh, he was totally game for it. So we got Tectonic on board, um, to actually do the film. And like, there were hours of interviews with Eric and stuff like that. And then they went out and filmed him. Um, he was living in Spokane, Washington at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and they went out and filmed him and, and that was the film. And then we did a call for stories and, um, after Eric and Petey went went viral, we did a call for stories, and the floodgates just opened.
0: Hmm. Now, did, um, I think. Did you notice? Sorry. Did you notice that uh, right away? So you, I'm sure you saw like a rough cut or whatever before you actually put it out. When you saw it, did you know right away like this is going to be something special?
1: We did. We really, really did. We just hoped that people like this is going to change the conversation about animal welfare. It's, you know, this is, this is going to change the conversation, um, that it's not animals or people, it's animals and people. Hmm. And, uh, so we did, we just hoped that people would be with us. Sure. Um, it, the, the film didn't look like anything else that was on social media at mm-hmm. the time. It was longer. Um, you know, it has the illustrations and parts of it. You know, there is that that very sad little bit that I won't go into because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Mm-hmm. But even though it's, it's a super happy story, there's that sad bit, and we're like, we just kind of hope people will hang with us through this. And so um, we put the film up on... Valentine's Day. Okay. And I was actually um, in Nicaragua I was on vacation at the time. And I loaded it from uh, like the Surf Ranch hostel outside of San Juan del Sur, mm. Nicaragua. Uh, we got it up and, you know, there it went. And we're like, and I think I got back a couple days later and we're like, we got 15,000 views. That's amazing. Like 15,000. And then, um, I think it was San Francisco Gate shared it.
0: Hmm.
1: And opened it the next morning. You have like two million views. And we're like, wow. What just happened? <laughs> yeah.
0: Huh. So was that the viral moment there was when San Francisco Gate shared it? Yes. And that's then from when it was there. It was rocking. just an avalanche.
1: And then from there it was such a universal story. And um I've seen it. I, i've seen uh it translated into thai hmm. um it's just been yeah it just went absolutely and we started getting requests for can you translate it into spanish can you translate it into portuguese can you it's huge in brazil it's huge in brazil wow.
0: um
1: and it just you know yeah it, it it went a lot bigger and we were like oh we got something here. Like people get it, they get it, Hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Is is there any reason it's huge in Brazil?
1: I don't really know. Um, a couple of films have done very, very well there. I think, um, Kylie and Liza and Josh and Scout have done really well in Brazil as Hmm. well. Hmm. The two cat films. But, um, I, I don't know. I know David, um, is a Portuguese, I think he, he was in the Peace Corps in Brazil and so I don't know if it's that he shared it with friends or that we've always been really conscious of getting stuff translated into Portuguese, but hmm. um even before Eric and Petey was translated into Portuguese, we had requests from people in Brazil asking if they could translate it for us or if, you know, we would do a, a you know, a, a voiceover and we're like, No, we're not gonna do a voiceover that would be nice. So, yeah.
0: Huh. Is it- uh, all right. So you have the first one. It takes off. It's viral. So obviously you're, we have something here. We need to follow up with that. So then you put the call out and then you just get hundreds of stories. How do you wade through those and decide which ones you want to make? And then I also it seemed like as I was kind of doing research for the interview that it looked like there was, you know, different people that were either funding the videos or like how did all of that work? work out and was there like just a bunch of people that were willing that wanted to be on board or kind of what's the next step with all of that
1: um our funding comes exclusively from like we one of our big things is to enhance donations and enhance engagement okay with um to local shelters to shelters on the local level Mm -hmm. so we didn't really um we don't take donations and so what it is is that we did have people that asked to sponsor films hmm. and people who saw the first one and then um you know were like we, they got it they got the mutual rescue thing and that this is a way to drive people to engage more with animal shelters to realize that you know the this is a huge part of our community and this is making human lives better and they get it and they wanted to help further it. And so they, uh, individual sponsors. So.
0: Okay. And yeah. so then it was trying to figure out which stories to tell and then just start sending the crew out and then just making story after story. Is that, and it seems like it's ongoing cause that the one, uh, with that younger couple that, that one just premiered like maybe a week or so ago.
1: Yes, that one just premiered. And then the month before that, um, um, Patrick and Grace, which is probably, um, I have to, I have no preference, but I think after Eric and P, I love them all. Um, mm-hmm. Patrick and Grace is probably my favorite, but that premiered in April as well. Yeah, you know, we try to do um, five to seven a year. Okay. So um, it's, you know and it, there's no shortage of stories mm-hmm. and i think that's part of what really inspired carol to write the book was not only is there no shortage of stories um we could make a film a day it takes a lot longer than a day to make sure <laughs> yeah sure yeah true. we could do a film a day for the next like 25 years and still not tell all of the stories that are so worth telling right and yeah. with the book too you know the the goal was to not only tell some of those stories, but but to prove that, they're like, they're, science backs this up,
0: you Yeah, know? and I want to get into that in a second uh, as we kind of transition into the book because I thought that was so smart because, I mean, I was kind of just appealing to, like, people's experiences as well, like, telling the stories of how, you know, rescue dogs have been transformative in my life and the lives of these other people that I knew. And when I saw the book having, you know, scientific data to back up that, yeah, this isn't just – we really, you know, it's a bunch of dog lovers or animal lovers. Like, this is really there's scientific proof behind what's being said here. I thought that was a, an incredible. I was like, oh man, that's so smart. But uh, can you talk before we get into the book a little bit? How long, just about Carol specifically, just to give a little context on her, so that people can check out the book and kind of have an idea already of what's going on. How long has she been the president of the Humane Society there?
1: Carol's actually a she is absolutely fascinating she is she came from high tech um and she was a VP at a very large um, tech company
0: yeah I had read and, that she was kind of like a she's like a high powered CEO yeah, or like a high-powered executive at one of these tech companies correct
1: yes very yeah. much so and um she just decided that she wanted a, a change and so she uh, I think she was already involved with um, Humane Society Silicon Valley like it as a board member before I'm not entirely clear on that but I think she's been the president for nine years okay. now and she is someone like I said that just total um, total gear switch but as a result such an out of the box thinker that amazing things have happened with her and so.
0: she has kind of a history it's like she grew up with rescue animals Right. I mean, I believe that was, I read her story and that was kind of, so, I mean, she's, this has been a lifelong mission for her as well. It's not like she's decided on a whim to try to take over a shelter. Like she's been involved in the rescue community for a long time as well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So she comes over, you guys make this film, you start seeing how many incredible stories there are. So where, what's the, the origin of the book? What's the genesis of the book? How does that come up? Like, Hey, maybe we should write a book. And how did that process work?
1: Um, and again, this is where Carol, Carol was, uh, again, I'm going to take a stab at it. I know you're going to have to edit this, but because I'm not Carol, but, um, so, like I said before, the stories that were flowing in there were so many good ones when you ha- when you get seven hundred submissions and you know you you can't make every film and but all of these stories need to be told, and also people need to know this isn't just a cute feel good thing because like you said there there's science here like right. there's you know there there's a lot of science and knowledge here um and so I know she um, went to a couple of writing workshops and was just sort of toying with the idea. And then um, someone someone at one of the workshops was like, that's a great idea. Let me introduce you to my agent. And the next thing you know, the book. Hmm. So.
0: Wow. And yeah. So did you know too? Because it just seems like everything you guys are doing ends up being this big – thing I mean when she was writing the book is there any indication that this is going to end up in Costco
1: I don't know I mean I think you it was like a dare to dream thing yeah. <laughs> you know like like gosh wouldn't it be great if it ended up in Costco oh my gosh it's in Costco
0: because <laughs> like, I mean like when you get in Costco you're really you're really making it there you know I mean that's a it's an amazing distribution network there so I was yeah. really excited to see that and to see people reacting to it, it was great
1: it's funny because um, I I travel a good bit to to do day foster workshops at different animal sheltering conferences and wherever I, whenever I'm in a town that has a Costco nearby I always have to like go check and like take a picture of the book and be like yeah, oh, yeah.
0: it's here too
1: it's in Colorado yeah. you know and uh, and so that's always but I I think we really hoped that it would resonate. Um, the way that that Eric and Petey did and that it would get that sort of attention but uh I I don't think anybody anticipated it so
0: yeah and what has the reaction been to the book because I was actually looking to see if I could find like where it is in the bestseller list or and I was having trouble finding some of that stuff so what has the reaction been to the book
1: overwhelmingly positive okay Um, I'm not sure of copies sold or anything like that, but it has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, it, uh, you know, I, I know even before it was published, um, like we had quotes from some amazing people like Temple Grandin, um, even before it was published, but a, everything that we have heard about the book has been just so positive and you know, and people that are just like, well, I never thought about it like that before. So
0: yeah, and and I'm assuming that probably brought more submissions, more stories. You know, <laughs> we
1: actually we actually um, shut the submission thing down on our our website for a little okay.
0: while. All right.
1: Because you right. start to feel bad because every everybody, um, yeah. I mean, there's just so many of them. Mm -hmm. and you know and there's so many beautiful deeply personal stories and you want to respond to each and every one of them individually
0: you Mm -hmm. know so right um and what i mean you're kind of i i think i might know the answer to this a little bit but what are you hoping to accomplish with the videos and books uh what's like kind of the overall um message that you're trying to communicate there the overall
1: message that that we're trying to communicate with everybody is that when you help animals you help people too Hmm. when you have time or money or something to offer to volunteer you don't have to think about it as if i help animals i'm somehow taking away from people Hmm. um And to drive people to engage with shelters on a local level, to actually go to the shelter in your community, get involved, donate on a local level, volunteer on a local level, and also just spread the message. Like this is what's – helping animals helps people.
0: Hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, this kind of brings me to – because I would say when I got into the rescue community – um, you know, I had kind of a narrow focus on, oh, what's well, it's just about getting dogs into loving homes for loving forever homes. And then you really start to get into like, wow, there's a lot of needs, you know, like fostering, which I hadn't even considered at first. And now it's like, that's like this key piece of the rescue story. And I know you have some experience with, uh, kind of foster programs and helping, with that, can you kind of explain the like what you do, and then with that, and then also why you think fostering is so important?
1: Definitely. Um, so, in addition to the books and the movies, um, we also help shelters start day foster programs. It's called the Doggy Day Out programs. Okay. And if you go to our website, shameless plug, um, and you click Doggy Day Out, there's a directory of. Um, States and you can find a program near you where you can take a shelter dog out for a field trip for a couple of hours. Hmm. And these shelter these programs um, are enormously helpful in two ways. And the first being that uh, even a short break from an animal from the animal shelter, helps reduce kennel stress in dogs, helps keep them happy, just give them an island of normalcy while they are waiting for that forever home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So even if you just take the if the dog, if you take a dog out for four hours, um, there's been tests on the stress hormones in their urine and they come back so much calmer and tired and more relaxed and they're less likely to be barking and jumping at the front of their kennel hmm. And you get an idea of what that animal behaves like in the real world. you 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 know, you throw a vest on that dog and you walk it out to Starbucks, and the dog has now met a bunch of people who never would have crossed paths with it before, and it's saving lives literally. Mm-hmm. Um, after uh, Louisville Metro started their day foster program, before yeah i think they started before mutual rescue even existed but they saw their behavioral euthanasia which were dogs that were having to be euthanized because they were becoming so completely stressed out Mm -hmm. that they could not be that they were yeah they were losing their minds Mm -hmm. they saw that number be cut in half in the first year of the program so that's literally saving these dogs lives um and it's and it's the other thing is is it's great for people. You know, the science in the book, the science that you've seen is petting an animal, spending time with an animal. It lowers your blood pressure. It lowers your stress. If you, you can't have an animal right now, that's great. You can still get those benefits by going and taking a dog out for a day foster or an overnight foster and do something fantastic at the same time.
0: Yeah. And so, so not a shameless plug, what is the website that people go to to check that out?
1: Uh, mutualrescue.org and just click on the doggy day out tap. And, you,
0: so, were, and you, if, you were saying that even in Salem, like where I live, there's a, a daycare program as well, correct? They
1: have a day foster program at Marion County animal services. Mm-hmm. So, and okay. there's one in Winchester or, uh, Oregon as well, but it looks like that's a good bit due east yeah. of you.
0: Yeah. So, but I mean, so are these things, it sounds like you go, are you, you're kind of helping to establish these around the country?
1: Yes, and what I do is um, we we created a toolkit for shelters to help them start these programs and get them off the ground. And I also work with Maddie's Fund, um, and I speak um, a lot with uh, Kelly Dewar from Maddie's Fund, and we do we go to work sh- to conferences and we do workshops where we basically walk shelters through starting a program and go over the data on just how amazing it is. Yeah so and I get I get to hear the best stories um the one of my favorites was uh Lucas County and I think it's Toledo Ohio Mm -hmm. and the dog was out on a day trip at PetSmart and it was wearing a big vest that said like ask to pat me Mm -hmm. um I'm I'm looking for a home and this family came over and was patting the dog and the little boy fell in love with the dog well the Little boy wasn't their biological son, but hmm. he was, uh, or I, I can't remember. But anyway, the next day they went to court and fin- finalized the adoption for their son, hmm. and then immediately went to the shelter and adopted the dog they had met the day before.
0: Wow, that's incredible!
1: Just because that dog crossed, because the that dog crossed their path. And a connection was made and formed, and a boy and a dog fell in love. So yeah, yeah. they both got adopted on the same day.
0: That's incredible. Got me all misty-eyed over here. but um, I know.
1: I get misty-eyed a lot. Yeah. Too.
0: But uh, one thing that I think is incredible about this program is that, you know, because rescuing a dog is a commitment when you bring it into your family. But, I mean, even if you were just looking for a way to help, and but you don't have, you know, you're not in a spot where you can actually adopt a dog. This is a way you could still help that process and not have to have the full commitment, take on the full commitment of actually, you know, taking on a dog forever. You know, this is an incredible idea.
1: And not only that, but not everybody has a life where they can have a dog full time. I mean, it's just the nature of, you know, some people travel for work. Mm -hmm. Some people work 14 hours a day. Some people just aren't ready for that commitment or they know they're going to be making big moves or, you know, and it's a great way to, to have the companionship of an animal and do something great for that animal. But at the same time, get, you know, it's a benefit for you as well. Yeah. Um, and all foster programs are, are really important because there are mm-hmm. some dogs that honestly are great. Like, and I, I would say it's about like my, my own dog. He is wonderful at home he would not be able to be in a shelter at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would not work for him. He is, you know, and so, and there are a lot of dogs like that, that are just, you know, the shelter would be too much for them. It would be overwhelming. And if there's an option for them to be someplace safe and be someplace calmer until you can find them a permanent home, that's way better, you know, right. that's way, way better. And it... Again, um, it, a lot of it comes down to two really getting to know the dogs so that you make better adoptions. Mm-hmm. Um, you send a dog to foster for a couple of weeks. If you were in the hospital or in an institution because a shelter, no matter how lovely it is and how great it is, a shelter is a shelter. It's not a yeah, home right. You probably don't behave the same as you do when you you know come home put your feet up on the coffee table and turn on, you know, Game of Thrones. Like mm-hmm. it's, you're a very different creature and, right. and being able to know that and see that is amazing.
0: Yeah. And I always feel like Foster's like a special kind of angel because they take in these dogs, love on them, but then are able to send them off to a forever home. I feel like I'd fall in love with all of them and I'd end up just having a hundred dogs in my house. So um, it's awesome to see Foster's when they're able to, be able to love these dogs, give them a stable environment, but then know that they can then send them to a forever home is an incredible, incredible service to the community.
1: Well, and it's funny because I have fostered myself in my life and not anywhere near as, as much as some people I know that are just amazing. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny because it you almost become like family a lot of times with the people that adopted the, the sure. animal that you fostered, sure. you know, um, where you, you get to know them a little bit you get to, you know, and, and so like, I, I still get updates on one dog that on the last dog that I fostered and that was like over five years
0: ago. Hmm, <laughs> so, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I'm, There's a a woman who, uh, she does kitten rescue, kitten lady, Hannah Mm -hmm. Shaw. Mm -hmm. She's a really neat lady. Um, And she uh, specifically does very young bottle baby kittens. And she makes a lot of videos about fostering specifically kittens. But her thing is goodbye is the goal. Mm. You know, because when you say goodbye, you open that spot up for another animal to get out of the shelter. You know, so. Yeah. And for another animal, like you, you save two lives when you foster, right.
0: you know? Right. So, um, yeah. And so one of the things I wanted to focus on and it's kind of something similar to what you guys were doing was when I started rescued heroes, my thought was, I want to do some pretty hard work of trying to convince people that wouldn't normally consider adopting to adopt. Cause I felt like, you know, I, if I just make a page about rescues and we just preach to the choir, we're not we need to add more people that are considering it. So I've worked really hard and it's a slow process. A lot of DM works, a lot of behind the scenes of talking to people about potentially rescuing animals that hadn't thought about it before. And what I get a lot of is people that are interested in it, but they kind of want to check everything out first. So for people who are newer to the rescue community, what's a good way to get started in the community before they just jump into rescuing a dog what kind of things I know you talked about the doggy day out, but like, what kind of, what would you advise? What kind of advice would you give to someone that's new to the rescue community, but interested in seeing how they could help?
1: Um, I, you know, I always say doggy day out is the gateway drug. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the reason that I say that and I come back to that is because the programs also help smash a lot of the, the preconceived notions about, um, about shelter dogs because it's one thing to look at a picture of a sad dog in a shelter online it's another thing to like meet the dog in person and go for a drive with it and have fun with it and it smashes a lot of preconceived notions about breed or about you know whether an animal is rescued or not you know like oh Mm -hmm. they're all damaged they're all this right Yes, right. and so, you know, and I have heard that from so many people, like I was always scared of pit bulls, or, you know, and, and now I love them, and mm-hmm. so many different things because of these programs, so obviously that's going to be my first choice. My second would be um, volunteer. Hmm. Go to your shelter and say, how can I volunteer? Um, you know, what what can I do? I'm not comfortable bringing an animal into my home, or maybe taking it out, but, you know the the sheltering corpus christi has a program where you can come in on thursday nights and read to the dogs hmm. um you know the cuz just having someone sit and talk to them yeah is is amazingly good for them and you will feel something too <laughs>
0: yeah know? right
1: you will feel something too so that's another great great way and if you want to help but you're not ready to actually engage with an animal um like a lot of smaller and underfunded shelters really need help with stuff like, um, graphic design, you know, like data entry, stuff like that. Like when I first went into the shelter, I, you know, and was, was actually really frightened of, uh, large dogs. And so the first thing I did was enter, um, license numbers. I did data entry for like the first two days. And then I'm like, all right, it was boring. I'm going to go back in. Yeah. So see what's going on. And, uh, and I never went back. Yeah. <laughs> like I never went back to, I, I never entered another, another license registration again after that. Oh, so, crazy. you know, volunteer, um, donate if you can, um, have a bake sale, have a fundraiser, you know, that sort of thing. Take a dog out for the day, take photos of it, put it on your social media. So all your friends who don't follow that animal shelter, you know, it's like a pro we'll still see that dog hmm. and maybe they'll say that dog's great, would, would be great for my grandmother, my uncle, my cousin. I got to go send him to meet him. So.
0: Yeah. And I do feel like the more people are exposed to rescue dogs, the more they realize how awesome they are. So I like what you're saying here about getting involved in like just being around the dogs is a good thing.
1: It is it's really it is definitely a huge thing because a lot of people, you know, if they've never been around big dogs or little dogs, all little dogs are barky or yappy and then they take out a little dog and they're like this dog was not yappy at all like um all these dogs are scared they've been abused, they're damaged, they're hurt and it's like no, nah, I took this dog out and all I wanted to do was uh sit on my lap and, and play with this tennis ball. I, I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of damage here. Right. You know. Yeah. No, mm. you know, nobody, human or animal, should be defined by the worst thing that's ever happened to them. Right. And we really like to do that with animals in shelters, where we like to say, this is your defining moment. You are homeless and in a shelter. And that is not what defines them. It's just something that happened to them. Mm-hmm. It's not a personality trait. It's just something that happened.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, If people, I know, if they want to get the book, I'm sure they can get it on all the platforms, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever. But if they wanted to find out more about the videos, what you guys are up to, what kind of, can you just plug all of your stuff here?
1: I will plug all day long and twice on Sunday. Um, So our website is mutualrescue.org. Mm-hmm. And all of our films um, are available on the website. You can scroll down and see them all. Um, we also are on Instagram. Please follow us on Instagram. We're starting to put all of the films on Instagram TV as well.
0: Okay. Um, and what's your Instagram handle? And we
1: are Mutual Rescue. Okay. And we are on uh, Facebook at Mutual Rescue. And in addition to our own all of our films being on there, we also love to share stories. Um, we we purposely seek out stories of rescued animals and people helping each other. So
0: Okay. All right. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention before uh, we end up we wrap it up today?
1: not at all is there anything else that you need me to go over because
0: i don't think so i think we covered some really awesome stuff today that was great awesome
1: awesome okay. awesome thank you so much for having me and uh, will you let me know when it's out
0: i will for sure
1: okay it has been such a pleasure
0: mine too thank you
1: all right have a great
0: night you too bye bye